everyone. Welcome to Rescue Replay. My name is Kala and I'm your host. I'm so excited to be with you here today and to have my podcast up. If you haven't been following, uh, my computer completely crashed. I was in the middle of editing an episode for you guys and I fell asleep. And when I woke up, my computer had died and I was in such shock that that had actually happened. Um, Murphy's Law has kind of been kicking my butt a little bit lately. Just a lot of odds and sides. My computer crashed. Not good. I tried to get my car safety so that I could get BC license plates. And my car failed so bad. Oh, man. And if you know the history of me in this car, like putting more money into this car right now is just kind of a sore spot. Um, so, yeah, my car just is going to keep their Alberta plates, but I'm going to have a BC driver's license. So I'm sure the officers will really love that one. The things have been happening. Lots of things have been going on. And, you know, if I'm completely honest, I, when my computer crashed and I missed two weeks of dropping a podcast episode, I asked myself, I was like, Hey, do you actually want to continue doing this? Like, this is a good, this is an easy out. Like the universe is kind of lining it up for you to take your out right now, you know? So if you don't want to put effort into this, if you don't want to keep trying for this, like now is the time to stop. Like nobody's going to notice kind of thing. I had been throwing that idea around and I went out for beers with this girlfriend she reassured me. She said, I, you need to keep doing what you're doing. Like I listen to your podcast and just something about your podcast really made sense and it made it easier for me. She was being really genuine about her comments too. It, you could tell it was coming from a deep place inside of her. And I just saw that and felt that and was like, wow, okay. You know, if I reached one person in a meaningful way, in an impactful way, I think it's still worthwhile to continue on doing what I'm doing and to continue doing this podcast and talking about the things that I think are important that I don't think there's a lot of conversation about. So here I am. And it's just kind of a goes to show that if you really want something like life will give you challenges to overcome if you want something, because think about it, like, 80%, 90% of people would have saw the computer crashing as a way out and they would have taken it just the way that I was pondering. And they would have been like, ah, you know, it wasn't going to go anywhere anyways. And why would I continue? I mean, I, you know, and people could get, you know, it's easy to see how people would give up so quickly over something that they wanted, you know, because this is a long game, right? Life is a long game. And this is something that I'm slowly starting to come into is you got to go for the long game, uh, the short term effort for the big payouts or whatever. That's never the right way to go. Like you got to make small calculated decisions every day, intentional decisions every day. And that is where you start winning and that is where you start developing your character and that is where you start really revealing who you are on the inside is in your everyday efforts you know do you get up and walk every day do you work out every day do you clean your house every day or whatever it is you know and I know for me I have to reset every night like and I mean 
clean dishes, everything's put away so that the next morning, even if I put the dishes away that I know I'm going to use in the morning, I like the fact that when I wake up in the morning, everything's fresh and I can just start fresh in the morning. And when I don't reset, I find that my mornings are much more chaotic and much harder to handle and not as like easygoing. And, you know, so that just goes to say, you know, discipline really is a form of self-love because it takes discipline to cultivate those habits. It takes discipline to stay on top of it. And it takes discipline to see how it benefits you and to understand that more long-term benefits if you keep doing these small things every day, which is a refreshing feeling. It's a refreshing thought. You know, it seems way less more or way less daunting than, oh, I have to go out there. I have to start a billion dollar business and I need to have 50 employees and I need to do this and this and this all by the time I'm 30. You know, that is a heavy weight to carry. But when you flip it or when you look at it in a different lens and think, oh, if I just do the things that I do every day and if I just do them well and intentionally and with a good pure heart and a pure intentions, good will come my way. It's inevitable. You know, this is manifestation and this is, this is you know, acting in faith and walking in faith, knowing that as long as you're a good human being on the inside and you take care of the small, simple things, all the big guys upstairs will do all the heavy lifting for you. They'll provide for you. They will show you the way. And my God, if you can't see the way and you ask for them to show you the way, just buckle up and be careful because they will show you the way and they will make it so blatantly obvious that you'll still want to deny it. Speaking from experience, of course. Hey, so I just wanted to mention uh, they're, the company that I work for, I work for LAT Aquatics right now. I've been teaching lots this summer and there's this competition going on for the instructor that gets the most Google reviews gets like a trip paid for. And so all of us instructors are, you know, really trying to amp ourselves up and we're trying to get our students, hey, like you could give me a Google review, a five-star Google review. And a lot of my students are really excited to give me these Google reviews. And, you know, they're like, oh, you're such a great instructor. Like, gosh, thanks so much. You helped me so much. And you know, they give me all this credit, which thank you. I appreciate that. And I, I love that. And I, I really feel that when it's given. But I just wanted to, you know, sh- shed a little light on how it actually works for me is, you know, I don't do this job for the praise that you give me. And in fact, I do this job because I think my students give me way more than I could give them. Like I I just teach them how to be a lifeguard, like not just, but, you know, I'm just showing them specific skills that they can cultivate and they can hone for their lives. But they show me things about myself and how I'm operating as a person and how I'm delivering content. And if my delivery needs to be adjusted, you know, just based on the way that they respond to my lessons and such. And so I had this one kid. And I'm like, oh, okay, you need to do it this way. And they're like, well, I don't understand. And I'm like, well, you need to, like, you're doing it this way. And it's better, it's easier if you do it this way. You know, and here in my mind, I think that I'm pretty cut and dry and pretty obvious. And this kid here is telling me, "Uh, I don't think I understand what you mean. And I don't think I understand what you mean. And I started getting frustrated. And I started, 
you could probably hear it in my tone. And it was probably making this kid a little bit more anxious because he could probably hear that in my tone. And it came around so innocently, this interaction. It was such an innocent thing. We're just trying to communicate, two human beings, we're trying to communicate for both of us to be on the same playing field with an equal level understanding of a certain skill. And in such an innocent way, we both kind of triggered each other and put our defenses up for each other or against each other. And it didn't go well. And I walked away from that that day and I was like thinking to myself, because this person that I'm thinking of, they're the stereotype that they fall into is not a favorable one. When I see that with students, I really try to suspend stereotypes in my mind because I don't want that to cloud my judgment. I don't want that to come out in my teaching is because I don't believe that everybody is the stereotype. I believe stereotypes are there for a reason and they have validity, but I don't believe that everybody is a stereotype. And I certainly would like to cultivate the environment for my children or my students to flourish and to expand outside of the stereotype. So I walked away from that interaction and I was like, how could I deliver the material in a way that he could understand? Because the second that you start believing in the stereotype or thinking like, oh, this person won't get it or like, oh, they must not, and you know, and anything where you're not giving your student full undeniable belief from you, you start responding and communicating in that way and they start picking up on that vibration. It happens very quickly and very innocently. So I was asking myself, like, how could I treat that differently so that that didn't happen, so that this student felt that pure belief that they could do it from me. For me, I had to suspend any expectations or any egoic thoughts or any stereotypes that I had noticed or any calculations that I had noticed. And you literally suspend that and you become a conduit of this belief for these students. At least that's what I do. I need my students in order to show me these things because that's how I assess how I am out in the world is based on how people respond to me. And I just wanted to say that my students have shaped my instruction. My students have shaped the way that I deliver my lessons and my course curriculum over the 10 years that I've been teaching. I've calculated what works and what doesn't work and where I need to be a little bit more sensitive and where I need to be a little bit harsher and where I need to be a little bit more forgiving and a little bit more compassionate and a little bit more inquisitive, you know, because everybody is so different and everybody has such different needs. And I don't think that I would be able to cater to all of these specific needs if I didn't have students that trusted me and that were willing to share that with me. So I just wanted to say thank you to all my students out there that are listening for being a part of my classes and for showing up for me and helping me morph myself into hopefully uh, somebody that 
can have an impact in even just a small way. And I appreciate when I do make that impact and my students then turn around, it becomes a full circle thing. And that's what really encourages me to keep going. And that's what really is the driving force behind what I do. I'm thinking of this one student of mine. I taught her a year and a half ago. So I was still in my abusive relationship when she had initially sent me a message and she had said, hey, what is the tattoo on your chest? And I I told her, it says, all you need is love and don't fear the reaper. And I asked why. And she said, well, I have to do this art project on somebody that made an impact in my life. And I chose you because now I'm a lifeguard and I have this great job because you taught me so well. And I really love that. And I was so touched when she said this and she, I got this message. I was really grateful and really blessed. I felt very good when I read that message. And so I said, oh, that's amazing. Like, I'm so happy for you and I'm proud of you. Like, you did, you did the work. Like, I just hung out and I just watched and made sure that you were good. But you did the work. And then she said, well, thank you. And she said, I'll send you a picture when I'm done. That was a year and a half ago. And as I was coming out of the Bella Coola Valley just recently, if you've listened to my Bella Coola episode, it's a good one. It's, it's quite a listen. But as I was coming out of the Bella Coola Valley, I, my body started expanding. Like I had done all of this intense healing while I was there. And as I was coming out of the valley, it was like my body, my spirit was starting to open up. And, you know, I started all these other emotions were flooding through and passing through. And I had stopped in Hundred Mile House because it's the cutest, quaintest little town to stop and spend the night. I was just feeling really low. Like I had come out of this valley and I was feeling really lonesome, you know, and I was in a low, I was at a low point, but I was okay with it because I know that that's all part of the process. When you're healing, you go through the good and the bad, you know, and I'm learning to become comfortable with the uncomfortable. So when the uncomfortable comes, I just feel it out and let it ride. And I find that that's the best way to treat it as it comes. So I was feeling pretty low and I get my stuff into the hotel room and then I open up my phone, which I hadn't checked for a while because I was driving and I got a message from my student. And here I had thought that she had completely forgot about me because it she sent me the original message a year and a half ago. And when I didn't hear anything after like a month, I was like, oh, she, they must have forgotten about me and and they're busy, la la la. So to open up my phone and to see that she had texted me, I was really surprised. And here I was like in this low point where I felt like I had no one and I was completely alone. And I have this message from one of my students and she sent me pictures of the pottery piece that she threw with the tattoo on my chest etched into it. And it just touched a piece of my soul that really needed to be touched. I was really taken back. And again, it really, it reassured my faith that somebody is looking out for you, that God has your back. He's got your six, you know, the universe, however you want to phrase it, however you put it, but they really do have your back. If you just take care of the small things, you're 
you know, and the small things are your physical self, your emotional self, your mental self, and your spiritual self. Like the guys upstairs, they will do all the heavy lifting. They'll make sure that in the times of hard darkness that you will be supported, you know? I really felt that when I opened up her message and I was able to see the pottery and she said, oh, I'm so sorry. Like I just kept forgetting and things got so busy. And I was so impressed that she still had the courage to follow through. Because can you imagine what that took for her? She probably had so many doubts that I'd be upset with her that it took so long or she had doubts that I would even remember or care to respond or anything like that. Like that was a possibility that had to have been something that was considered, I think anyways. And yet she still followed through with sending me the message and keeping her word, even a year and a half later, keeping her word is, that's a admirable character trait to develop, keeping your word and being true to your word and being honest, which being honest and not lying are two totally different things. Remember, it takes practice to be honest and it takes practice to say what you mean and it takes practice to stick to that. So that was really special. That was a full circle way that my one of my students gave back something that was really meaningful. And you know, this is how, this is where the community starts is when we start becoming comfortable and trusting each other and reaching out for these important moments, you know, this is where community begins is when we start cultivating these kinds of relationships. I had another set of students, my students up in Vanderhoof. I've taught probably the last four rounds up in Vanderhoof and all of those guys are my lifeguards up there and they just are the most amazing kids. And I've spent a lot of time with them and seen them through a lot of things. And I had three of them. They were on a school band trip and they were down from Vanderhoof going to Whistler and they were passing through Van and they had texted me and they said, Hey, it's, so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, and we're waving at you. We're on our way to Whistler on a band trip, and we're passing Vancouver, and we're waving, saying hi, you know, with a bunch of heart emojis. And it's just like, wow, like, thank you. Like, those those moments, those things are precious. And that's what life is all about. And to know that this happens and that I'm gifted with this, this reassures me that what I'm doing is in some direction good and it also helps me be a better human being you showing up my students showing up for me helps me be a better being for them and for my future students and I'll, I've said this in probably almost all of my episodes and I'll say it again if there is one thing that I wish the entire world understood is the power of your presence. Showing up is more than enough. And being you and taking your space to be you is more than enough for the world. And I wish everybody could internalize that and we could stop the, the self-doubt and the self-shaming and the self-critic. When I 
can offer myself a little more love and a little less criticism, life sure becomes abundant and quickly have everything to thank for all of my students, each and every one of you. I love hearing from all of you. I love that you trust in me and that we share that connection. And I'm so proud of every one of you for how far you've gotten and how hard you've worked to get to where you are. And I just want all of you to know that if you just keep going for after what you want, while taking care of yourself, remember, you got to take care of yourself. That's a non-negotiable. But if you keep going after it, you will be successful. It might take five months. It might take five years. But you will get there. You just got to keep going forward. And whatever challenges are thrown your way, you just got to roll with it. Right, jump on that wave and ride it. You know, when Murphy shows up and Murphy's Law comes into my life, you know, because I always say bad things happen in threes. So if one thing happens, expect two more to, to go. Or if two things happen, expect one more. Like it always comes in threes, right? And when Murphy comes knocking at my door, you know, I I laugh at Murphy now. I Murphy and I have an understanding. I can chuckle with Murphy and, and the things that he throws at me and say, well, Yep, that's just how that one went and on we go and onwards and try and keep an upbeat attitude and not despair, which is easier said than done sometimes. Sometimes it can feel like things pile up pretty quickly. Rather, too, maybe things don't pile up quickly, but maybe we just don't feel like we have a space where we can express ourselves or feel safe to express ourselves. And if that's something that maybe you're struggling with, one thing that I could offer as advice is to journal. I think journaling is a great way to outlet some things. Uh, I would also offer a physical exercise. I went for a cycle around Stanley Park tonight before recording this podcast. I'm actually late recording this podcast because I went for a ride around Stanley Park, but it was so necessary to just go and burn off some steam, you know, just any pent up energy, anything that is stagnant, isn't moving. It's always good to get it moving and to get things flowing. So if you're in a, a position where you don't feel like you can express yourself or you don't feel like you have a safe place to express yourself, I would encourage that you find a journal or a just even just a notebook. It doesn't even have to be a fancy, expensive journal, just whatever notebook you can get them from the dollar store and just write out your thoughts and just write out what you think you're feeling and why, you know, that's a really good place to start. A lot of times I'll ask my kids, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, I'm fine. And it's like, do you really realize how big of a question that is? How are you doing? How are you? That's a big question. How much time you got? Because I could really tell you how I am, you know? Do you really want to know or are you just asking just to be polite and pretend and with the pleasantries and the obligatory communication? But do you really want to know? Because we could have a conversation about that. And what I find that my students do or what the younger generation, not just isolated to my students, but the younger generation, what they fall into the trap of, of saying is, I'm fine, you know, and it's kind of robotic. Oh, I'm fine. Or I'm tired. And it's like, but are you tired? Or are you just uninspired? Or are you really fine? Or are you struggling? 
you know is there something that you want to express that you don't know how to express like there's all these things that you could be other than fine and trust me you're not fine 95 percent of the time nobody's fine 95 percent of the time things are fine but people are going through our emotional roller coasters as they're going through knowing things are going to be fine but they might be feeling completely opposite of fine I think practicing speaking and expressing ourselves how we feel and why, even in small moments, this is where we can start to really hone in on ourselves and understand ourselves. Thanks for joining me on episode 14. I will be back next Friday at 10 a.m. with a vengeance. Murphy has not defeated me yet. I'm happy that I got this podcast out. I'm happy to be podcasting again. I got this computer set up. It's excellent. I'm really excited about it all. So thanks for tuning in. I'll leave it there for now, and we'll see you next Friday at 10 a.m. This is Rescue Replay, out. Out.